What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. If you were listening for the very first time, welcome, welcome. This episode's going to be a little different because I'm fucking revved up, kids. Oh, I'm revved up right now. All right, well, we got a Patreon. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com, Joe Kilgallen. Seems we're plugging anything. So here's the thing. Let me just give you a little backstory. You ever have a day where you're like, oh, this day is starting off great. I'm feeling great. Everything's working in my favor. Got a good night's sleep. You know, you're, you're just, you're feeling good. You're off on the right foot. You're starting the day off right is basically what I'm saying. And then I'm like, all right, time to record the podcast. Got some fun stuff I want to talk about. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a stand-up comedian. So I try, this is a comedy podcast. It's supposed to be funny. I rant about stuff. Sometimes I have guests on. We, we talk about some weird shit, interesting stuff. A lot of bar conversation, type of conversations you have with your friends at the pub. That was the whole point and purpose of this podcast. But then I'm like, all right, before I start today's episode, why not check to see if there's any breaking news? Because the last thing you want to do is record a podcast, put it out, and then everyone's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you guys see what happened? No, what happened? Oh, well, um, there's an Oprah sex tape. And you're like, what? Like, you know, you don't want to miss out on that. So I checked Twitter, and Zach Stacy is the guy's name, I believe, and he is a huge piece of shit. Uh, fuck that guy fucking loser he's gonna be in jail i hope for a very very long time and i hope he gets uh taken care of in there if you know what i'm saying gets beaten down a bit and uh he was a former running back the the video that you will probably see at one point today don't don't search it's a pretty horrible video to watch is uh of zach stacy beating the shit out of i think his, his girlfriend it said maybe i don't know what the relationship is uh it doesn't matter it could be someone he's known for five minutes or 100 years you don't fucking beat up a woman Okay, it's also the mother of his child and the five month old you hear crying in the background. And then the video is hard to watch. It really is because you want to reach through the fucking screen and choke this guy out and, and help her, you know? Um, yeah, I know it's supposed to be a comedy podcast, but fuck, man, these this, this shit needs to be said. There is just. I don't know if domestic violence is it's probably lower than it's ever been. Who knows? But it it's the fact that it exists still at all. It just I don't understand and I've got a bad temper. I get angry. Um, and I've been in fights. But what kills me about watching videos like this is they these at these pieces of shit, they never fucking they never know when is enough. It feels like right, it's like you slammed her off a fucking thing, a TV falls on her. That's enough. Walk away now. Okay. And then they always go back and hit him some more. And I'm just like, obviously don't hit him in the first place, but I just don't understand that fucking impulse. I'm a guy that's been in some fights. Any long-time listeners to the podcast know I've talked about some fights. I try to make them comical. I've never really started the fights, but yeah, I I should probably I've done a better job lately as as I've grown up in my life. But in my twenties, there was a stretch where I didn't avoid confrontation like at all. You get older, you get married, you have kids. Life becomes different. And I, so when I see these videos like this, so I think to myself, I'm like, man, even when I was getting into fights with people who absolutely fucking deserve to get punched a few times in the head, I knew when it was enough. I knew when, all right, that's it. That's yeah, that's it. I don't, these people are psychotic. They're like, I think there, there, there needs to be a study on these people. These guys who just keep fucking hitting. And I don't know what the fuck the, the argument was about. You know, she's just standing there and she says something like, well, things are different now or whatever. I think that's what she says. It doesn't matter what she says, right? She could have said, you have a little dick and last night sucked. Like, I don't know that no excuse, right? 
And if you're one of those piece of shit dudes out there, which I hope to God I don't have any of those type of listeners who think like, oh, fucking, I thought women wanted to be equal. Why, why can't you beat the shit out of them? You're a fucking child. No, you're not even a child. No, no, no. I'm not going to compare you to a child because even a child would fucking know that stupid line of thinking. You don't beat the shit out of people who can't, that you are clearly way larger than. That's the angle that people don't get. Now, look, if she's stabbing him and he defends himself by beating the fuck out of her, no one cares. That doesn't make a story. That video doesn't even get shared probably. Uh, maybe it does. It's the fucking internet. What am I saying? But the point is that as men and women, the equality thing comes to opportunity and treatment and women being able to do whatever the fuck a man can do. You know, that's where it comes in. They're getting paid the same for all, the, all of that stuff. Biologically, though, I don't care if you're man, woman or whatever, people who are bigger than other people shouldn't be using that power to beat the fuck out of someone unless it is for self-defense. Now, if some, you know, some average sized person is beating the shit out of people and a bigger person steps in to stop that person, fine. But if a bigger person just starts wailing on a smaller person, I don't care what your gender is. That does do not do that. God, I found it sound like a real fucking Neanderthal. Do not do that. But that you know what I mean? That's what the fucking uh that's what outrages me about it. I'm just like he's fucking like doing slamming her through shit while a baby cries in the background. And at no point did he think, oh fuck. I just made this baby cry. Did the, the baby witness this? Because you don't really see the baby on camera. At least I didn't notice. I only watched the thing once, and once was enough for my eyes. Uh, but I, yeah, I hope I hope jail. You know, and this guy Zach, he was an NFL running back, Zach Stacy, uh, ZAC, uh, for the Rams and Jets, I believe, and then. He was in the Canadian Football League. Anyway, never the career didn't end up being the way he thought. And maybe that fucked him up mentally. You know? Um, that, that could be it. Maybe it just screwed him up mentally. And again, no excuse, though. No excuse. But there's got to be something to help as dudes. Look, men in general. Guys, we, we, we all need to look at this as a, as a big man problem. And I know most of us don't hit women. The vast majority do not, right? Statistically speaking, I got to imagine it's a large percentage who do not. And, but I, but this is something that all of us need to take stock in is how our mental health uh, manifests into violence the way it often does. And I know a lot of it comes from, you know, man up, toughen up, and all this. Uh, there was a TikTok video I came across the other day where a woman said, Hey, men, when you're feeling depressed, like, who do you call? Like, what, which, do you have a best friend you talk to? What do you do? And everyone's stitching the video. And for those of you who are not TikTok uh, savvy, stitching is basically like uh, like quote tweeting. You know, like a quote tweet, you see the original tweet and someone's response to it. That's basically what stitching is. You know, TikTok's video-based platform. So it's people reacting in video form. And it was just dude after dude after dude. Someone made like a compilation of it. And it was men from all different backgrounds, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all saying nobody, nobody. As a man, we're not supposed to call up someone saying we're feeling sad. As a man, we're not supposed to do this, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And uh, it's like we're supposed to toughen up. We're supposed to man up. Like no one gives a shit when a guy is hurting and all this emotionally and all this kind of stuff. And it, it made me think like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot of dudes who are like that. And then they they do toughen up. They shove it down a little bit. They go, I'm fine. That's a bad day. Whatever. Fuck it. Right. But th what they don't know is that's that lingers. 
You don't realize they don't realize it. We don't realize it. But that shit lingers. And then a week or two from now, that moment after shoving all that shit down, that's really depressing them or bothering them or whatever, you know, they get a little fender bender. They get out with a baseball bat and start killing some part. Like that's, I mean, that's, it's not that far fetched. That little made up scenario I just did there. But yeah, it's something that, you know, it's a, there's a culture there and I hate using the word toxic cause it's an overused word, but there's, it's a pretty fair word. Um, yeah it's, it's it's all it's fucked up because and it kind of it goes back to like this you know men are supposed to be the protector and supposed to provide and i'm like yeah that all made sense back in like caveman times and shit like that i i, I understand how that was those were the roles in society i mean they people had like a life expectancy of 12 back then i mean it was this was a different world and we've evolved and advanced since then to know that there's a better, it's a better way now, right? Or like, so I don't get the paleo diet. I mean, I'm talking on my ass because I re really researched it, but I know that it's like caveman based. I'm like, those guys had fucking horrible health. They ate whatever, they ate bugs. You eat bugs too? Is that part of it? They ate whatever they could to live to the next day. This, so many people are like, you know, back in the day, I'm like back in the day, shit sucked. Is there some stuff from back in the day that seemed pretty cool or things may have been a little bit better? Perhaps. Some nuggets here or there were probably like pretty good. You know, there's some communal shit here. And I'm, I know there's going to be stuff we miss in the future. I like holding a book. I like holding a newspaper. But I know we're probably a decade or two from those things being of the past. And maybe that's a good thing because we're cutting down a lot of fucking trees and a lot of man hours to print these goddamn things. I understand that. I think there'll always be an industry for like children's books and stuff like that. And and yeah, I mean, the book industry will probably be fine, but they'll probably just print a lot less of it. Kindle will get more and more popular. I'm getting off point here, but like what, what kills me is how that shit gets passed down. You know, there's some dude out there who will tell his kid when his kid's like 14 crying about something. Hey, don't fucking cry here. huh? I'm not raising no pussy. That's because his dad was a piece of shit to him because his dad was a piece of shit to him. And then it keeps fucking going. Yeah. I just, you know, but someone's got to stop and be like, Hey man, it's all right. Let it out, let it out and then move on. Okay. It's okay. We, I don't know. Just get some emotional, like let people, I really do think it adds up. <laughs> right. And then you see the videos, like what the, you know, of domestic violence where this guy's just throwing this woman around a room and like, how fucked up is this guy? His NFL career probably didn't go the way it wanted it to be. And he turned like a real piece of shit. Cause there was a time in his life. If you're, if you're drafted in the NFL, you're a superstar. Even like the worst player in the draft was treated like a king in high school like a king uh, they do whatever the fuck they want get away with everything everyone wants to fuck them all this kind of shit they go in the nfl where they're around other people who are also treated like that and the ones who didn't have parents who grounded them or good people around them they get those big fucking egos big heads his career didn't turn out the way he wanted to and i think he probably got developed a short fuse for it and again i'm not using this excuse but i'm trying to figure out the why people do that sometimes when you when you try to figure out why I remember back like when 9-11 happened, people were trying to figure out why it happened. People were like, what, are you making excuses for the terrorists? They happen because they're pieces of shit. I'm like, well, yeah, clearly they're pieces of shit for, for flying planes in a building, but let's figure out how and why because we want to educate ourselves to prevent this going forward. So as dudes, yeah, like, I, and I, I think to myself too, and I know this, this is a, a natural thought. There's people out there who are like, what the fuck, man? I, I, was, I rode the bench when I was in high school. I would have killed to even play at some shitty Division three college. This guy makes it in the NFL and he's not happy. 
look, I wish that a guy like this could have been just happy to say he was in the NFL. Cause so many people would be like, I just, I'd kill to be able to say I was in the NFL. This guy was in the NFL for several years and still wasn't happy about it. Cause it, it didn't turn out the way. So what? It didn't turn out the way you want it. That'd be great. I wish people had that healthy mindset where this guy, Zach Stacey could be like, yeah, you know what? I, I gave it a good go. I played professional football for a few years there. And now I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to move on to the next phase of my life. I gave it a good try. and It's all right. I, I'm proud. I'm proud of what I accomplished. Probably not though. That's a healthy way to be. And we know from this video, this is not a healthy man. This is a guy that needs to be in prison for as, as long as possible. And I hope she gets all the money he might have. And her and that baby could go somewhere and be safe and have a healthy, happy life going forward. Uh, Cause my heart goes out to the two of them. Um, that's, that's fucking a hard one to stomach. That poor kid's going to have some problems regardless. I mean, I know it's only a five month old, but uh, think about that. Your, your dad's, he's going to look up who his dad is one day or he or she is going to look up who their dad is one day. Oh, we play in the NFL. Oh, what's this story? Is that me crying in the background? Like that's, that's fucked. It sucks, you know? But yeah, I hope, uh, I hope justice is served. And he, uh, yeah, I've been really big on like, what's the prison sentence? Longer. I've been really like hardcore about that lately. I'm not talking about people who steal bread and shit like that to feed their family or like little petty crimes here or there. But there's been some stuff lately where I hear what the possible sentence could be. I'm like, not good enough. Go, 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 go harder on that guy. Uh, yeah, it's, I know. Sorry. You know, I want to start off with some fun. I was, I had a nice hearty breakfast. You know what I mean? I, I made myself a hot cooked breakfast. I had eggs. I had vegan sausage patties and yes, they are good. They taste very good. Some of you out there may be like, that doesn't sound that good. It was great. I had some hot sauce with the eggs. I had some wheat toast buttered up. Ooh, I had, a, I had like a big fucking thing. I had like 30 ounces of water already. I'm starting my day off great. My skin looks better. I feel like blue eyes are popping on camera. I feel it's, I had a good shower. I had some personal time that was nice. It was, it's wonderful morning. Today's my dog's birthday. I'm going to talk about that. My little Holly girl, she's eight years old now. That's why I want to, I want to have some fun. I wanted to have a fun 30 minute podcast with you all. But then I, you know, a rant had to be had, had to be had. Is that what I want to sound like? Sure, Joe. Sure. It's what you wanted to sound like, but man, I had one of those breakfasts where I was like, you know what? This day is mine. Let's fuck. You know what I mean? Every one of those days. Like metaphorically fuck, not literally fuck, but also let's literally fuck. Not me and you. I've got a wife. I'm happily married. Stop it, guys. Stop trying to fuck me when I'm clearly happily married. I've told you this before. So many listeners want to fuck. It's really, I would, I would guess 75 to 80% of my listeners want to have sex with me. That's just a number. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wonder what the percentage is now, though. Now that I say that out loud, what percentage of my listeners want to have sex with Joe Kilgallen? It's not going to happen for you, but I would like to know if you want to fuck me, you can send a letter to WW. No, I'm kidding. I don't have an email for that. That'd be good if I set up a Gmail account just for people who want to bang me. That way, if my wife's ever like, no, I'm too tired. I'm like, I got a whole list. I got a whole list of people who want to fuck. Don't you take me for granted now, lady. Um, And then when I hit her, because I'm not a piece of shit like Zach Stacy. See, there you go. I don't get these people. When you get mad, walk out of the room and scream into a pillow like a fucking healthy person. The domestic violence people, man, I don't want to like, well, I have a horrible temper and I've never come close to hitting anybody um, domestically outside the house. I've, I've, I've punched many a person in public who's deserved it though. I don't just randomly go up and start swinging on someone. Would you say? No, there's, you know, there's a lead up. 
some pushing, some shoving, and then there's a, I fucking warned you, and then and then fighting happens. But no. So uh, I had to, uh, yeah, I wanted to start off some fun, silly stuff about, about breakfast. It really is the most important meal of the day. You got to start off for it, but now I'm drinking a Coca-Cola because there's nothing else to drink, and I wanted to pop something on right before doing this. A little caffeine's not bad for a podcast. You know, I was uh, talking about TikTok. There's this dude on TikTok. Damn it. I forgot his name now. I'd love to give him a shout out. Maybe I'll, I'll find it and link it on the uh, like podcast description of the episode or something. It's hilarious. I came across his videos, and his videos are stitching reaction videos, basically. There'll be like a woman. It's always like hot woman he's stitching to for the most part. So some hot girl will be like, uh, my ideal penis size is like under six inches, like five, four is perfect for me. Anything above that, too big. I don't know if she's joking or not. Maybe she's got a little pussy and she doesn't want it too much. And, you know, or maybe size doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Everyone's different. Remember and respect that. And so it'll cut, you know, the girl being like perfect penis size. It's like, you know, some small dick. And then it'll cut to him. And he's like, let's fucking go. Like, you know, and that's 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 his catchphrase. Let's fucking go. I mean, he didn't create that, but he's made a thing of it. What kills me, it's the deep breath before he says it. The Let's fucking go. There'll be ones where it's like, you know, guys who are five foot seven rock my world then it cuts to him and he's like let's fucking go like i dude i don't know it cracks me up every time every time very funny to me all right before i get to my dog's birthday because i did want to talk about my sweet little holly pup and how it's her it's her birthday and she's eight now you know hopefully she's got another 20 years at least hopefully she's got another 100 fucking years you know what i'm saying love my doggy um there's a comedy beef going on guys another comedy beef I joked on this podcast not that long ago. I think when I was talking about the Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan thing going on about how people will get a little beef going when they're trying to sell something. Scottie Pippen in this book, Kanye is the best at that. I feel like he's always like, I got something I got to sell soon. All right. I'll, I'll call someone a cunt. Like, and then he does it, you know, and, and it seems to work because he gets all the press. And now there's a comedy beef going on. I don't think it's not manufactured. Obviously I, I was joking about on previous episodes about how I need to start talking shit to someone, but it's getting their names out there. Michael Che and Tim Dillon, Michael Che of SNL. He does the weekend update. I think he's one of the top writers on that co I don't know what the rankings are. And Tim Dillon from the Tim Dillon show, which is like a massive, huge podcast. If I had a sliver, a fraction of his Patreon support, I'd be a very happy boy. Uh, but I, I, Hey, I love the listeners. I have you guys are amazing. And I've, I've met Tim Dillon a couple times. Very cool guy. Very funny guy. Like his opinions. Um, I think he, he keeps it. I don't think he takes himself too seriously. I think he's one of those type of dudes, you know, and I like people who don't take themselves too seriously, but definitely a hard worker, you know, that kind of blend I kind of dig. And, um, and I, I guess like Tim had something about, he said something about SNL about how like some sketch wasn't very good or that there was no jokes. It was just talking points. And, you know, I'm trying to remember what it was. And Michael Che said someone shared that Michael Che, Michael Che was like Tim Dillon, fucking really Tim Dillon. And basically said Tim Dillon's a failed stand up, and, you know, he became like a media personality. I've actually met him. He's more sweet and humble than you realize. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. And, uh, and Tim Dillon responded basically like I've, I, I could sell more tickets than you ever could. I'm, uh, you know, I'm bigger. I'm genuine. You work for a fucking NBC network. I, maybe I'll look up the actual tweet instead of this paraphrasing joke. Get it together. And uh, so I, I don't know. They're beefing a little bit and they, they were trending on my Twitter for the last day or two. And it makes me think to myself, I'm like, man, it's a good way to get yourself out there. So I, I was joking in past podcasts about 
starting a, a beef if i need to like you know release something or if i'm trying to you know make some money might be coming up soon i don't know who to beef with yet though so if you guys out there paying attention and you just see me going off on social media being like hey hey jay leno fuck you i'll put my balls on that stupid ass chin like yeah oh i like denim why do you have so many cars jay huh 100 cars you want 100 porsches or some bullshit how tiny is your penis get a little tiny dick jay is that what it is a little small penis, huh? And it's just never good enough. So you got to buy car after car after car. Ooh, aren't you a big man now? Huh? Maybe buy another seven cars and someone will fucking love you. You piece of, I don't know. I don't know about Jay Leno, but uh, it's an insane amount of cars. The Seinfeld's got a lot of cars too. It's just a toy. You know what it is though? Those two dudes, I, I realized this. They're, they're around my dad's age or so. Uh, my dad doesn't collect cars or anything like that, but he likes cars. He watches the car shows, you know, when it's like people in a garage yelling at each other, fixing cars. And that, that generation of dude, the car was still a big, big deal. You know, a lot of families didn't have one. And then when they got one, you took care of it. You treated it well. And cars, uh, got American muscle. There was a thing about them. Um, yeah, it was, they were still, even though obviously that freaking model T came out like 1908, but as far as like everyone having one, that was the big thing. The way for my people, my age, it's the computer. We, we got infatuated with the computer and all this cool shit with software and everything like that. They were the car. I think every generation or so has that big new thing that you just carry with you your whole life. Like video games for us as well uh, became a really big thing. Except for, I mean, I play video games, but I play like old games. I'm a person who's always a decade behind. Whatever the new video game is that everyone's playing, I'll get on that 10 years from now. So here's what Tim Dillon's response was. Of course, I moved it and now I lost it. Uh, yeah, so he goes back after Michael Che by saying, what the fuck do you say? Hold on. Got to get the Twitter coming. Uh, and you tweet too much, Tim. I can't find the fucking tweet. It was right there. I mean, this was two days ago. You tweet so much, did you delete it? No, he would never delete a tweet. Got respect for that. All right, here we go. He responds to, so yeah, so first we got to back up. Michael Che has this like Tim fucking Dylan in response to someone on his Instagram stories. It looks like who was saying, Hey, you see Tim Dylan's tweet about how shitty your sketch was or how bad SNL has been lately. And then he just writes back like Tim fucking Dylan, like question mark exclamation point. Like I give a shit. And then this dude, clearly a Tim Dylan fan writes 190 K a month on Patreon, which also like, dude, Tim, good on you, man. And he goes, I don't care if it's Michael Che goes, I don't care if it's a zillion. I know Tim Dillon, and he ain't what you think he is. He's a sweet, humble guy who really tried to stand up, got nowhere, became a media personality because it's much easier, and we're all very happy for him. But don't get fresh, Tim. So I don't know why he's responding to Tim through someone else. Here's where Che kind of bitches out. And again, I've never met Michael Che. I know people who know him say he's a really awesome dude. So I'm not going, I'm not taking, I'm not going after these people. I was gonna say I'm not taking sides, but if I'm taking sides, I have met Tim a couple times. Like Tim, uh, Tim follows me on Twitter. Michael Che doesn't. I don't even know Michael Che has Twitter. Fucking who cares? But yeah, it's kind of like I I, I don't think Tim's opinion was something that if you're on SNL, maybe you don't like someone bashing it a little bit. But I thought Tim's critique was okay. I don't know. It just feels like yeah, he said he doesn't like the current season of SNL or lately the last handful of years. He's entitled to that. I don't know. I feel like it's a bad look if you take it too personally. I say that as someone who takes shit way too personally often. 
But Che to just be like, who the fuck's Tim Dillon? All this kind of stuff. Ah, doesn't really look good. And to say that Tim was a failed stand-up comedian is kind of bullshit. Tim had a Netflix 15-minute special. And I believe was on Comedy Central for another show. I don't know if he had a half hour. He might have had a half hour. And was working most of the New York comedy clubs. Probably all of them as far as I know. Before his podcast blew up. So, so Che, you're wrong to say he tried stand-up and got nowhere. If your definition of getting nowhere is Netflix, Comedy Central, and steadily working every evening, then you're fucking nuts. That's ridiculous because you were only a little bit ahead of that, right? I mean, you had a, a Netflix special, which I liked. I liked his special overall. Michael Che's special, the one that had the Black Lives Matter joke that went viral. It's a hilarious joke that... To be honest, if I could give you a critique, I'd give you a critique, but you'd be like, Joe Kilgallen, who the fuck's that? See, actually, that would help me because then maybe people would look me up and be like, hey, Joe Kilgallen's pretty funny, actually. But I remember in Michael Che's special being like, why'd you put that joke like third? It was like his seven minutes in was his best joke. And and then the, I don't know. There's a lot of st- I've, I've said that. I've talked about this with a lot of people. A lot of modern stamp comedy specials, they don't seem to have a closer. The specials I loved growing up from like all the heavyweights, you know what I mean? People were like on the Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedy where there was Pryor, Carlin, this guy Pryor, he's a picture right behind me. You know, Carlin, all these big names, of course. They, like, the set built to like a crescendo. You know? Like you open pretty strong and big. You got them in in the palm of your hands. Then you sustain. Because people can't be dying for an hour straight. It just doesn't work. So you open big, you get the big pop, you sustain a little bit. You know, almost like a movie, you got some pacing going, you get some big laughs here, big laughs there. You're, you're kind of taking them on a journey a little bit. Everyone's having fun. Then you kind of build up, right? It starts to build right around the last 15 minutes of your set. It's like a boom, boom, boom. And then it was this, this like it, it gets to this fever pitch, a roar of laughter, everyone going insane. And then at the height of that, you say, thank you, good night. And then the crowd's just, oh, the fuck? Like, that was a fantastic, what a show. What a show they're saying. They're going nuts, right? right? Everyone's like, oh my God, I want to fuck that guy. That's what they're saying, right? It all goes back to that in my brain, I feel like. And I don't see that a lot. And I remember seeing Che's special. You know, the joke went viral before I watched the special, the Black Lives Matters joke, Black Lives Matters joke. Because the way he just goes, matters, matters. Black Lives Matters. That's all we're saying, matters. It's I'm not doing the joke justice. It's a phenomenal bit. Anyway, that special, though, I remember when it ended, it just ended. And it, not even him. It's not just you, Michael Che, clearly a big listener of this podcast. It's so many comics now. And I'm wondering, where did that shift happen? Where did it happen where people were just like, eh, that's enough? That you kind of have a big fucking dismount, man. And women and non-binary, everyone out there. If you're doing a comedy special, fucking, don't you want your audience to just walk out of there feeling like they just saw one of the best things ever? I've seen people have mediocre sets, but have a killer closer. And it made people be like, it was great. Yeah. It's that final impression you make anyway, though. So Tim responds back with after that. And he calls him, I don't know, call him a media personality. I guess if you're a podcast and I don't really consider Tim Dillon a media personality, because even though he talks about, you know, current events and social issues and stuff like that, a lot of social commentary, I don't feel, I feel like, you know, that he's kind of got a jokey angle. You know what I mean? Like he obviously does a lot of stuff where he'll say, you know, just trying not to be poor and stuff like that. Or like, you know, good, good for that. But, you know, it's a lot of, anytime he talks about his family, it's always some weird concocted story. That's really, really funny. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't really consider myself a media person now because I, I just, you know, I see that these, these are jokes. He's making jokes, and uh, I don't know, like a lot about a lot of his jokes. Yeah, he, he ties it up. He does some really funny stuff about something that's currently happening. Um, and then he's got a good way about it where then, but then he, then he'll have posts as far as like, you know, real opinions. He'll say stuff like, yeah, I think everyone should have healthcare, of course, you know? So he'll throw out some real nuggets there where he'll, he'll give it. I remember trashing the democratic party being like, why don't you guys ever run on the shit that people like about you? You know, like things like that in between a lot of his other funny stuff, you know, anyhow though. Um, so yeah, what he says here is here's the reality. I sell more tickets than Michael Che ever has. I don't think he's allowed to use this website for his job. Yeah, I guess he's not on uh, Twitter. And I've built something on my own that he could never do. Che has done well for a drunk who could barely read. But this, but his show sucks, period. And he knows it, period. Um, I don't know if he had like a follow-up to that tweet. But yeah, I mean, that's was basically, yeah. So there was a little back and forth. Che just goes, I don't want any trouble because Tim's got a lot of fans. And people with big fan bases, their fans kind of get out of control sometimes. That's the one thing, though, that you'd like to see some of the bigger names out there who have these hardcore fans have them be like, hey, settle down. I'm, I'm a grown man. I said my piece. You don't need to fill his inbox with hate. Chill the fuck out. He had an opinion that I didn't like, and I had an opinion he didn't like. We talked some shit. That's that. We're going to move on now. Okay? Like, that's what I would like to see a little bit out of from people. And I get it, though. If you're a fan of someone and someone talks shit, you want to stick up for them makes total sense. Like when people were going to the one thing, and again, people could go after whoever they want to go after. I'm for, I'm for it on all sides. It's, it's, that's the thing of it. You know, everyone acts like I'm never, I don't get offended. That's all these little bitches over here get offended. It's like, okay, well then I'll make fun of what you like and watch how quickly you get offended. So all the people who went after Chappelle and a lot of which were just like, Hey, I, I don't agree with what your take is on what Chappelle was trying to do. Or the people who are like, no, yeah, I see your point there. I definitely see your point there. So even take all that aside. The fact that so many of the people who were like going after Chappelle, one of the things they said was, fuck all the people who feel the need to stick up for Chappelle. He doesn't know you. He's a millionaire. He's doing just fine. It's like, yeah, you're right. He doesn't know the people who are sticking up for him, most of them at least. And he is a millionaire who's doing fine and will continue to do just fine. But that's not life. In life, when you like a thing and other people trash it, you instinctively want to stick up for it. You know, I'm a Cubs fan. When people talk shit about the Cubs who aren't Cubs fans, I have the urge to be like, hey, fuck you. It'd be weird if every time I got into a little sports debate with someone, some fucking, you know, stiff walked up being like, hey, you don't own the Cubs. Cubs don't own you. You know what I mean? The Cubs are a billion dollar team. They don't need you sticking up for them. They're doing just fine. like it'd be like, what? Fuck. Like, what are you? Go fucking go eat shit. You fucking toad. Like, it'd be like, what are you doing? That's so that part of it, I, I think people are really dumb about. It's just that it's part of the Twitter. Twitter is just too many opinions all the time. All the time. Too many, too many opinions. There needs to be some sort of like threshold of which you get to say what you want. Um, nah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, message boards, comment boards that all started before social media. There's message boards for all sorts of things that people were fans of. And it was, it was great. You know, people who like things and then we get heated and talk shit and all that stuff. It's the people who take it too far and let people be fans. Let people be fans. But in the same regard, if you can tell your fans, hey, let, let's let's calm down a little bit here. Uh, we don't need to be consumed by, uh, you know, a little spat I had with someone else. So, yeah, it's always funny to see com comedians react to a comedy beef, though. You know, some some just 
are smart enough to know like I'll, it's, it'll be gone in a day or two or whatever. And then others just dive so deep into it. It's kind of like those fringe open micer comedians who are like, this is what I, this is something. Cause they want to be part of comedy. A lot of open micers, they're just not good. They're not good yet. Maybe they'll be good down the road. I don't know. I'm a fucking sunny optimist in a lot of stupid ways, but they're not good. And a lot of bad comics are, are people who want to be part of comedy. And this is how they stay part of it by just consuming all the comedy news that's happening here or there and everywhere. And it's just, it's exhausting, but I'm telling you, I'm going to get into a comedy beef. I'm going to get one next time. When you see me one, no, it's probably going to be made up, made up. It'll probably be a made up comedy beef just to sell some shit. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll take it to the Patreon. So, uh, today's my dog's birthday. Happy birthday, Holly. She's eight years old. She, uh, we got her in West Hollywood, California. We were living in LA at the time. And, uh, my wife's family dog's name was Jax, which they got from Jacksonport, Wisconsin, which I think is like in Door County area. And so they're like, Oh, he's from Jacksonport. We'll name him Jax. And so when we were trying to think of a name for our dog, Holly, I was like, well, in the same vein, she's from West Hollywood. We're not going to call her Westie, but we'll call her Holly from Hollywood. We're like, oh, love it. Great name. And, uh, and then I remember getting a little, when, before, when I first got my wife pregnant, you know, we didn't know if it was a boy or girl. We didn't know until those, that sucker came out, uh, kicked it old school. We don't need no gender reveal party gives a shit. And I remember being like, you know what? Holly's a good name for a girl. <laughs> we probably spoiled a good name on a dog, but dogs are family. I, I, I stand by that. I know there's some people who don't like it when you treat dogs like people and when you treat dogs better than people, but until I see people act as good as dogs, that's the way it's going to be. I went somewhere. I was in some store yesterday and they left their dog in the car. The window was cracked. It's like 40 degrees out. So I wasn't worried. Like, oh, they left the dog in the car. Like some fucking people overdo it. As long as the window's down, they're fucking happy. But the dog was just staring at the store. Like, when's my owner coming back? When are you coming back? I need you back. And I just thought to myself, like, man, that's, that's, dogs just love the shit out of who they're with. Remember, I used to drive to work when I worked on Tosh.0. I would drive down, was it San Vicente? One of those streets towards Culver City. And there was always this homeless guy uh, with a dog. And I remember thinking, that dog doesn't care that his owner's homeless. The dog loves his owner. You know, he's not thinking, get your shit together, Bob. Think I like living on the street, you fucking turd. Let's go. Like, you know, he, he was just like, all right, I'm a little cold, but I'll just curl up next to you. I love you. Like that's, the dogs are great. So she's eight now. Um, but I'll tell you about when we got her. A quick little story about how I got her here. We went to this place in West Hollywood called Barkin' Bitches. Really cool spot. Dog rescue place run by lesbians. And uh, sense of humor about the name, right? And it's cool because when you walk in, you open up the gate and the dog's just running around having a good time. And then someone come up to you and you're like, oh, this is it's like doggy heaven over here. And before we went to the place, we went on the website because we we're like, you know, maybe they'll have pictures of the dogs that are up for adoption. And Holly was like stuck out to me. Her name was Oso, though, which is Spanish for bear. And I don't speak Spanish. So right away, I'm like, I got to change that name because we're going to have problems communicating. And then uh, I was like, look how cute this dog is. Fuck, look at that face. Beautiful black fur coat. Uh, you know, she had boxer lab mix. So I had like the more of a boxer head. I had like, you know, white chest hair, white paws. I'm like, oh, dog looks fucking awesome. And uh, then we're like, that's a boxer lab. We live in a one bedroom apartment in Hollywood. There's no yard. We're right off a highway that's not even like a park close by. You know, what if we're traveling, flying back to Chicago and stuff? We should probably get a little dog. Which my wife had never been a fan of little dogs. I had no problem with little dogs because my thing with little dogs is they're like puppies their whole life. And I like puppies. And 
so we saw this dog Leo on their website. We're like, Leo looks cool too. Leo looks like a fun dog. Maybe we get him. And uh, you know, we go to the place and Holly, right when we opened the gate, Holly jumped on us right away. And I'm like, this is this is the dog. This is Oso from the from the picture. She's like, oh my God, how cute is this dog? You know, and we're just watching Holly run. We were playing with other dogs and other dogs, but we kept an eye on Holly. Just there's something about Holly that just said, ah. And then uh, we met Leo. Leo was cool. But when Leo was sitting on my wife's lap, Leo growled at another dog who came over to my wife. And we're kind of like, ah, is Leo territorial? Is that going to be a thing? You know, we're going to want kids down the road. So they're going to be a dick when the kids come around. You know, probably not, but who knows? And maybe Leo's just like, hey, I figured out how this place works. Human beings come in here. They play with us a little bit. They give us some treats, but they take one of us. I want to be the one, you know, like some kid in an orphanage who's like, all right, Timmy, you better brush your teeth today because we got some potential parents for you. And Timmy's like, can't I have a home? I would love a home this Christmas. Like that's how all Timmy's sound who live in orphanages. And so that's probably what Leo's thinking was, Leo the dog. I would have changed that name, Leo, by the way. I didn't, I'm not Leo. It's not a dog name. Uh, I know Holly is a human being name, but Holly kind of has like any any person name that ends with like an E, that's that's good for a dog. You know, Holly, that works. You want to be like, hey, there, like Sandy is a good dog name. Hey, Sandy. You know, what you doing? You know, you kind of give him one of those doggy rubs. And Leo, though, is a Ninja Turtle, my least favorite Ninja Turtle. Yeah, that's right, Ninja Turtle fans out there. Leonardo, fucking dork. Absolute party pooper. I'm Leonardo. I lead. We have to do whatever Splinter says. And Michelangelo's like, have a slice of pizza and shut the fuck up. And Raphael's like, I know some women. We could have a real party going on over here. Donatello, he's working on weapons for us to take down the fucking Foot Clan. That's fine. But Leo, get the fuck out of here if you're going to ruin our good time. Okay? You goddamn rats boy. Huh? That's what they would call him. Not a daddy's boy. He's a rats boy because Splinter was a rat. What a shit name for a fucking rat, by the way. Splinter. Like, I'm Master Splinter. When are you being like, and then Shredder. Shredder's a badass villain name, though. I'll say that much. But Splinter, no, not buying it. And so, yeah, we decided we got Holly. We took her home, and we're like, fucking love this dog. So playful. A lot of energy. Pop puppies are hard. Listen to my first album. It's called Pay Attention. All my albums are on Spotify, Amazon Music, all that stuff. You can buy them on Apple if you want, but you can just stream them. Got a lot of material about my dog and how difficult that was. Dog versus baby. But you know what? Happy birthday, Holly. Eight years old. Uh, we're going to let you eat like a pig today. And, uh, you know, I used to feed her just dog food and she never begged when people came over to eat. It was great. She was never a beggar. And then my son started giving her food off his high chair. Since then, can't eat a meal without her begging for a piece. And yeah, that's how that works. So yeah, dogs are the best, everybody. Get yourself a dog, make yourself happier. Don't beat people and, uh, and start a comedy beef. Those, those are the lessons of today's episode of the Joe Kilgallen podcast. You guys have been amazing. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast. You can listen to former episodes, bonus episodes, some blogs, some stand-up comedy clips as well. Everyone have yourself a great weekend. And as always, cheers.